It's time for Lacrosse Classified. Evans over the shoulder! Clip it for Emmy! What a goal! Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Little Murray scores! Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans, classmates? Welcome back to Lax Class. EP263 is now live in your ears as we welcome you back to Lacrosse Classified. Jake Elliott, no Santino Ferra this week. Uh, Tino, I believe, is, is getting some new windows installed in his uh, abode. So I thought maybe a new Blink-182 album had dropped or uh, something. And full week off. The secret's out. My old paliner, Brad Challoner, is back in the co-host chair. Bradley, welcome back to Lax Class. I don't know when the last uh, episode you did was, but it, it's been quite some time in a co-host capacity anyways. Uh, but welcome back. I appreciate you doing this. No, good to be here. Nice to see you again. I think it was like playoff time. Tino always manages to miss the biggest weeks of the year. I, I appreciate you, Tino, and I love you, Tino. But I'm happy to be here week one of the National Lacrosse League. I think last time I was here was in the playoffs. So it uh, it kind of works out. I show up on the big. I'm show up on the big occasions to well, be here with you, my friend. Getting, I think he's getting married during the Minto Cup this summer too. So just uh, keep that in mind. I did that. Remember, I I did that in 2013. I called like two games in New West, and then I had to leave for my wedding. Not like, smart, smart. And that was a hell of a Minto Cup. It sure was, Nana Coke. Uh, as hey, listen. Before we get into Lax Class and what's going on with the show and 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 this episode and all the rest of it, first and foremost, man, uh, congratulations on coaches' calls as uh, EP numero uno. You only got. 262 more to go to catch up, Brad. But coach is called. First episode just dropped on Monday. And uh, you got the Hall of Famer Tracy Koleski on. I gave that a listen Monday morning and really enjoyed it. Well done. Congratulations on uh, on your new podcast, Coach's Call. Thanks, buddy. And thanks, everybody, who who downloaded that this week and, and gave it a listen. It's been it's been a lot of fun. I um I always felt, and we've talked about this before on this show, Jumbo, and you mentioned it last week, like our favorite chats have always been with Hall of Famers, lifers, coaches, college coaches. And one of the perks of my gig with with TSN is we do coaches calls every week. And Teddy and I have just gotten so much gold out of Kermalowski and Tracy Klusky and, and Glenn Clark. And I've always thought to myself, I'm like, man, like some of these stories that we use for broadcast prep should be explored a little bit more a long form setting. So I wanted to get deep into philosophies, insights, culture, team building, motivation, all that stuff. Like you can take care of breaking down games every week. Teddy and Pat do a world-class job of doing that every week. But I thought I'd try to do something that's a little bit more less time sensitive and have these lengthy conversations with coaches kind of live on. And I've had a lot of fun doing it. TK was the great way to start. It was either going to be TK or mouse because I wanted to start with, with some fire um, Kurt's going to be a special Christmas episode. Oh. I'll tease that for a couple of weeks. Um, Pat Coyle coming out in week number two, but trying to do every single national lacrosse league coach this season. And then who knows what kind of doors 
that'll that'll open up. So well, yeah, I'm, I'm, you can I'm, get into the. Coach. I'm open to feedback. Nick I'm open to feedback Myers, who we get to after Matty that. Brown, uh, you know, you, you, there's coaches. I want to talk to Dan McRae, John Lynch, the, yeah. the junior guys who have made big strides the last couple of seasons. There's a lot of doors that can be opened, and uh, let me know who you want to hear from. You can get at me on social media or. Jumbo, who do you want to hear from? Well, you I was just going to say, uh, you know, you're you're talking to to the to the coach of Team BC U16 Indigenous team at uh, the North American Indigenous Games. So. Got to do that. Got to do that at some point. Hundred <laughs> percent. So these are essentially, up the troops. Yeah, essentially timeless interviews that you can go back and listen to at any time. There's no real kind of time stamp on them, and I think it's a, a fabulous idea. And uh, you know, at this this way. You can can of a, a bunch of them. You can bang a bunch out in in a in a week's time or whatever, and then slowly release them out, which uh, is is more at your pace. You you kind of begrudge the the weekly thing a little bit, I think. Well, yeah, and selfishly, it works for for my schedule. There's been a lot of traveling yeah. the last couple of seasons, and you know I love being here with you uh, every week. But it's just a nice way to to can some stuff and then release it at uh, at my own pace. And I've recorded almost all the coaches in the National Lacrosse League so far this season, and they're going to kind of be released as they present themselves. If there's a big storyline that comes out, well, then maybe here's the the Paul Day this week or the Eddie Camo this week. But um, it's been amazing tapping into these these great minds. They've got some stories that have been uh, untold that I hope to get out this National Lacrosse League season. Mondays, wherever you get your podcast. Love it. Coaches calls. Brad Challoner, uh, look it up. And, uh, yeah, the, you know, the podcast landscape, as far as lacrosse goes, filling out quite nicely now with, with coaches calls Monday, you got, uh, the back of the bird boys on Friday. You got lax class on Wednesday. You got OTCB coming out on Thursday. So, uh, the lacrosse matrix, of course, with, with our, with our buddy, Adam, um, so lots of podcasts to, to go around and more the better, I always say. We are literally just days away from the National Lacrosse League beginning its 2023-24 season. And we always like to have a little check-in with the NLL crew chief prior to the season beginning for any rule changes and, and stuff like that. So Todd LeBranch. Truth be told, we just finished talking to him in quarter number two. You're going to hear that interview. It was a great conversation with Todd. And uh, let's see inside a little bit on on some of the things they're going to be focusing on this season. And then uh, we'll be back into players here and, and kind of the, the soup du jour of the players that are performing well in week one. We'll try and get uh, a top guy or two on and get back into a, a regular format here. This week, we'll have the big focus coming up. We got Todd LeBronche, I just mentioned. We got Lax Class Locks and Quick Sticks in quarter number three. And because it is game week, and I can't believe Tino's taken off week number one of who you got. Hopefully he doesn't forget to get his picks in. Who you got in quarter number four as we'll make our picks for week one of the National Lacrosse League. I cannot believe it. Uh, you're going to be in Vancouver. I'm going to be down in Vegas. I'm leaving on Thursday. It's all happening, man. And and I'm <laughs> some kind of fired up about about it uh but other than that man like we haven't really kind of sat down and had a chat what uh how's life over on the island how's crystal the kids the job the the new life you're living over there in victoria there's there's no better place to live in canada in, in my opinion it's been absolutely fantastic change of pace living on the rock i know a lot of the listeners have either lived on the rock um playing for the shamrocks or or live here now and they can uh they can probably back me up there's just a there's a there's something about a slower pace of life here. The ocean is 
a 10 minute drive in any direction, no matter where you are, we get 30% less rain than Vancouver does, believe it or not. And more sunny days than all of Canada. I believe we're basically tropical here. (laughs) Um, so I love it. It's like, it's all coming together. I love how the national lacrosse league, the last handful of years, you know, has had this earlier start. Um, it coincides with Christmas and the holiday season and people are buzzing around looking to, to spend their hard earned dollars. And now that this is the first Christmas really that, you know, last year was still kind of COVID-y 2021 definitely was, but like this, this 2023 Christmas and lacrosse league season to me feels like 2019 was yeah you know like just a they lot of optimism, an exhibition lot of game over there brad well i was joking in the summertime when saskatchewan basically turned into the victoria junior shamrocks for a minute there before they traded yeah. madronich that like they were the rush they should have had their training camp here all their players could have been in the backyard Cheap, cheaper no i just think yeah. it'd be you know yeah, they, they went to moose jaw did saskatchewan i think the Warriors heading over on the ferry for an exhibition game. I, you know, Savon holds about 10 K. Like I, I think it'd be a fantastic idea and maybe even a little prelude to maybe one day acquiring an actual team over there. Which... They, an exhibition game would kill here. And that's one thing I, you know, being a mainlander all my life, hearing about the Shamrocks and rolling my eyes at Teddy and everybody that bled green so hard. You don't really know what it's like till you're here. And the Shamrocks are literally, there, you know, there's 300,000 people in the CRD, the southern tip of the island. The Shamrocks are the biggest sports team in town. Speaking and it's of, can we, 30, can we 3,500 people that? at Save Brad, On. Are we allowed to? The miners, let me finish here for a second. Right. The, the, the minor associations advertise registration on the radio. You can't walk down the street without seeing a, a Royal Bay or a Claremont hoodie. Like, lacrosse is actually everywhere here. And it's, it's, it's blown me away in the, you know, 10 months that I've or 14 months that I've lived here. Well, speaking of bleeding green, are we allowed to talk about this yet? You were telling me I, I'm not allowed, but I, are we allowed to talk about this yet? No, not yet. Okay. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Not yet. Uh, so big program is on its way and, uh, we'll have it all for you here on EP 263. Thanks for hanging out with us. Let's do this, Brad. Time for the big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. Big focus. The, the big focus. Big. Fo- I'm not going to make you do it. Tino usually does a little big. If you want to, you can. You want to do a little big focus for me? Big focus. Right, okay, that's pretty good. Big focus. Big focus is brought to you by the big man himself, Mitch Jones. How do you know all this? What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Real estate agent? Real estate agent? Real estate agent? Powered by Stonehouse Realty, Mitch Jones has been a, a realtor for a long time now. And he's moving his way up in the industry. He's worked his way into the Stonehouse Realty conglomerate. And whether you're a first-time homeowner or a seasoned investor expanding your portfolio, a homeowner ready to sell, Mitch Jones Real Estate, powered by Stonehouse, has the expertise to guide you towards success. Let Mitch Jones make your real estate dreams a reality. 
Visit StonehouseRealty.ca. Give Mitch a follow on the Insta. I know he was at the big Eagles game there over the weekend, taking on the Buffalo Bills. What a game that was. Uh, Mitch Jones 4 on Insta, or just give Mitchie a call on his cell phone. Direct 604-916-6772. For all your real estate needs, Mitch Jones, he's your man. Mitch Jones Realty, powered by Stonehouse. Big focus this week. We're going to talk about the rosters of the National Lacrosse League that the the deadline has come and passed. All teams have picked their teams, submitted their teams. A a few have yet to announce them via social media, which is a little bit shameful, quite frankly. But all rosters are in, and I would say, Brad, like some surprising names have made teams, and some surprising names have not made teams. Yeah, and I think a surprising amount of players are injured right now. I think that yeah. was one of my biggest takeaways. Yeah. And I know by the time people listen to this, like there is first week trickery with rosters. Like maybe you have a veteran on the pup so you can have another practice and another look at mm. a, a practice player or a bubble player and then cut them next week. You know, like I do think there is some some trickery that goes on when you see um, – Randy Stotts, Cody Jameson, Tom Schreiber, like the, the injured list right now, yeah. it, Dylan Ward, their injured list right now is, is an NLL all-star team. So that, that was one of my takeaways and like, be aware of that. I think we could see some of these guys end up in lineups uh, opening week, no matter where, where, where they are. You know, I like seeing Vancouver picks up Dylan McIntosh yeah. earlier today, who just got sniffed by Buffalo earlier this week. Calgary, That's the guy yeah. that was hanging out with Calgary the last couple of years with Kurt. So you'll see a bit of that. You know, I was trying to sit back, like going through most of the rosters, Jumbo. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I don't think I have a favorite team on paper. I feel like there's more parity than ever as far as where the talent is spread out. There's a lot of rookies in the league, a lot of retirees. There's a healthy mix of of vets and youth on either team. And I there's like there's not a team that I can sit back at the beginning of the season and go, oh my God, on paper, yeah, clear that cut. is the best roster in the National Lacrosse League. Maybe how San Diego looked last year. I don't even think they looked that this year from a papers perspective without with holes on their right side and without Chiliano being there. There's question marks. I don't have a team on paper that I can say this is the best roster in the National Lacrosse League. Well, I think the boys on off the crossbar made a, a great point. And and looking at the Calgary Roughnecks roster, how you said it today, how many changes on that roster from last year's team? Not well, I talked I said Vancouver had eleven. Vancouver's got eleven new faces yeah, coming but into Calgary, their lineup. I think Calgary's got like two. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. And they were what? A 12, 13 win team last year? Only two changes yeah. on that roster. Buffalo pretty strong too. Yeah. Not a lot of holes there. Like maybe those two have the best on paper rosters right now. Yeah. But everyone else is like it's just so it's so equal. And with the schedule this year, I, I smell a lot of eight and eight kind of teams this year. <laughs> I wonder, like Nine and nine, like what? How many? Yeah, sorry, nine and how nine. many nine and nine teams could we potentially get this season? Uh, I haven't done the math, but I know with tie like I think there's going to be a lot of tiebreakers and scenarios of like who beat who. Yeah, at the end, a lot of it's going to come down to the first of all the head to heads, and every game is going to be so much importance when 
these records could be similar at the end of the season. A little surprising to to see for me Bennett Smith not make the active roster in Calgary. He did sign a, a practice roster spot. I was real surprised to see Dean Farrell not make it over over Marcus Clarich, but obviously Kirk feels pretty comfortable about that. It also is his first round pick in in Connor O'Toole will start the year on the practice roster as as Walsh will be the backup to Aaron Bold. And I thought, man, like that's a first rounder, but that's what Del Bianco also did in his, his rookie year as well, too, right? Didn't uh, didn't see a lot of time and, and then got his chance later on. But I'm just kind of scanning up and down here to, to see anything else that really jumps off the page. We saw Nathan Grennan. Um, get cut by Panther City and immediately picked up by by Albany, which which I think was a great move on on their part. And I think Grennan will fit in nicely with that offense. Yeah, it looks like Panther City opting. Well, they've got phenomenal rookies coming in, and Jason Knox is probably going to be uh, a superstar on that left side in in due time. But it looks like they give that depth spot to Cole Pickup over Grennan, who's a little bigger, a little meaner. Gremlin's a pain in the ass lacrosse player and is chippy and gritty, but I think Panther City really wanted to get a little bigger, more physical and intimidating on that front front end, and they did that through the draft, and they did that by Cole Pickup getting elevated. That's a kid who's bounced around a lot over the last couple of years and definitely paid his dues and excited to see uh, the Island Boys start on the active. Yeah, and Vegas making like eight moves a few days ago as well. Cleland is out for work commitments. Marshall King, we know his situation. I don't know what the future is for, for him for, you know, the, the foreseeable or even the long-term future for this season, Conrad Chapman to the holdout cursed on the, uh, on the pup. There's a guy that, that might draw back in come week one, Thomas Vison gets moved from the active to the practice and they go out and, and get Blake Gibson McDonald and, and sign him to the practice roster, which, which I like that move as well. But man, it, it's, it's going to be a lot of new faces around the league here. And, I think it's great, man. Like, I, it just kind of goes to show you how difficult it can be to to make a roster and then stick on that roster. Like, there's some some guys that are on the outside looking in right now. I, I think of John Phillips and Chase Scanlon and and John Diatelli, Krepinsek. Like, some 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 guys that have been around for a while that are just like not not on a team right now. And and the list of Adam Levy, one of his nuggets this week of many, just the the retired list. Like we talked about, we'll talk about Brody and yeah, and um and and Dan Dawson and Reese Dutch and Dan McRae and Curtis Manning and Marty Dinsdale and Sean Evans and you know it's a new it's a, it's a new era. It's kind of a golden age. I, I think we're coming into right now, um, where we're gonna start seeing this every year. Where all these like you know early mid eighties guys. Are going to start moving out, and and the next wave is coming. It, it is a young league for sure. I love it. I'm here for it. It all gets started this weekend, face-off weekend. You got Halifax taking on Saskatchewan in the early game. Then it's Panther City against Vancouver on TSN. Both those games on linear TV. I'll be down in Las Vegas, Albany, and the Desert Dogs from Michelob Ultra. And then what do we got? We got Calgary and Rochester. And who's the other game I'm missing right now? There's one Vancouver, more. Vancouver, Panther City. No, I got that game one. Of the week. I got that Doubleheader, one. Doubleheader, Friday night. <laughs> I already mentioned it's a New Saturday, York and Philly. Saturday New York game. and Philly are playing in New York. Who wins yeah. that? Well, we'll find out in quarter number four for who you got, who you're going to take in that one. I think that's an interesting game out of the gate right there for those two teams. All right, big focus brought to you by Mitch Jones. 
Jones is done. That means it's time to get to quarter number two. Our old buddy Todd LeBranch and a little crew chief will join us next. Stay classified. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Glenn Clark. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. We're into quarter number two, which is now sponsored by Associated Labels and Packaging. Associated Labels and Packages, they've been in business down there in Coquitlam for over 40 years when it comes to labels and packages. Uh, Sean Ashworth, the owner of Associated Labels and Packages, was actually in Michigan this past weekend uh, for the Michigan-Ohio State football game. 120 grand inside the big house, and uh, I took the bucks. He took Michigan. He won that. He also, his Niners smoked my Seattle Seahawks, which he also took some money off me. So I told him the sponsorship was going up next year by uh, a few bucks. Uh, but go to associatedlp.com if you need a label, you need a package. They are your people. As uh, one of our people here, one of our favorites on Lacrosse Classified, it's the NLL crew chief. He's refereed over 14,000. <laughs> NLL games uh, for about 52 years. It's Todd LeBranch back on Locks Class. Uh, Todd, it hasn't been a long time since I saw you, just uh, a week or so ago at uh, NLL training camp in, in Langley. But uh, welcome back to Locks Class. We were just saying that you, along with Dean Farrell, were one of the most listened to episodes we've ever done uh, way back at, at EP 180. Well, Jake, Brad, great to see you guys. Thanks for having me on, and uh, that's quite an honor. Um, I, I've listened uh, to you guys fairly extensively, and you also gave that honor at one point to John Arlotta, so I feel like I'm in good company. <laughs> there you go. Well, he's right up there, too. He's right up there, too. What uh, What are you doing? You're hanging out in Red Deer? you got to be getting ready to, to take a trip somewhere. Where, where are you off to for NLL face-off weekend? Well, as we speak right now, I'm hanging out in Edmonton, doing a little bit of my day job uh, and getting ready to head uh, down to Calgary, jump on a flight Friday morning to head to Vancouver. We'll be ships passing in the night, Jake. Okay. Uh, well, Bradley will be there. Bradley will be there. Yeah, I can hang out with Brad for Friday night. Not a bad time, hey? I think So <laughs> the last time we had you on, it was fun because we literally fired open the rule book, scrolled to a random number, quizzed you. Can we start with that this time, no. rather than ending with it? Okay. Let, let's let's warm it up. Let's get let's get you working. Let's get you working right away, Tom. Well, I always have my rule book with me. Um, if I were just to scroll through and land on something random and say, uh, "Let's go rule sixty-one." Do you know what rule sixty-one is? Uh, sixty-one, uh, I believe, would be somewhere in the neighborhood of Ruffin. He's, uh, he's looking over at something there. He's <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I, I actually don't have a. Okay. Ironically, I don't have a rule book with me because we actually have our uh, uh, our officials' conference call tonight, and typically I do have a rule book in front of me, but. We haven't got the 23, 24 rule books yet. So okay. well, 61 it, seems uh, like a, a pretty common number. Like you, you didn't have to give that any thought. You call that one a lot. Rule 61. Pretty much. 
All right, how about, uh, let me just throw an arbitrary number out there, 76.3. Well, they get into the decimal points now. Well, you, this is Todd LeBranch we're talking to here, Brad. <laughs> well, okay, so you might have stunned me on 76, because I know rule 77 is dangerous contact to the head. Mm, um, so maybe we're into spearing. Brad, do you got that in front of you? 76.3, uh, it's in the realm. It's a game misconduct. Referee, at his discretion, may assess a major penalty and game misconduct based on the degree of violence to a player who is guilty of checking from uh, behind game misconduct. So this is actually a perfect segue, God, Jumbo. Honest Did you God. put this on a team? No, no, no. Honest to God, I don't know how my brain just went to a penalty of, of that nature. I think there's probably some sort of connection there between uh, the, the two parties. But you're right. It is a perfect segue for one of our new rule changes this season. Brad, you lay it out here. Lay it out for him. So um, under Rule 17.95, um, with the, which is a major in a game misconduct or a match penalty, shall automatically re- be reviewed by the game officials. So um, basically what we're going to do is we're going to look at, take a few seconds to the crew chief, once any major, major in a game or match penalty is assessed to a player, uh, the crew chief will go in have a look at the play that uh, was penalized and determine uh, one of three outcomes. So one of the three outcomes will be either to uphold the call. So yeah, we nailed it. Um, In you go, sit down and uh, let's play on. Or lower it. We can lower that penalty. So if we gave a, a major in a game, we could reduce it to a major penalty or a minor penalty. The third outcome is we could completely rescind that penalty uh, and and not penalize the player whatsoever. And that actually happens sometimes throughout the week when a major is assessed or a game misconduct. That'll get reviewed at that point and then rescinded down to just a common major or even a two-minute minor or whatever the case may be. But now this is going to happen in real time is what you're telling us. It, indeed it is. So the crew chief will have the ability, some of the factors that um, we've been instructed to consider um, when we're looking at that are um, uh, the amount of force uh, applied during the uh, the incident. So um, that's probably the biggest uh, mitigating factor that we look at when when any penal when any penalty is assessed. Distance traveled, uh, where the contact originates, uh, po- position of the stick, um, you know, so lots of different elements to the infraction that we'll look at and take into consideration when either uh, confirming the call, uh, reducing or rescinding it. So I like whenever these new rules get put in place, I, I like to create a, a name for them as to why they're in there. You know, like one of the other new rules is um, no timeouts in overtime, which I'm going to call the Trevor Baptiste rule or the Jake Withers rule. This one reviewing the the majors right away, I think is the Challen Rogers rule. So I think a big part of this came from a playoff incident that was reviewed later on and a big game swinging five. But what kind of instruction, like how often was this happening, you think, Todd, that you guys looked at something or the league looked at something later in the week when you know what? That's not a five. Um that obviously happened so frequently enough that they deem that this this new rule needs to be put in place for 2023, 24. Well, I, I think that you've been listening to Jake talk to Jamie on a regular occurrence, and, <laughs> and uh, he's had some issues with that call, from what I understand. Um, but you're right. And, and, you know, our mandate and our goal is to 
nail the severity of the penalty at, at minimum 80% of the time. So if we call a minor, a major, major in a game match, we want to, to be right 80% of the time. And I think that for the most part in the last couple of years, um, we've been above that watermark. So, um, but there are always situations that create the need to to make, uh, you know, course corrections and adjustment to the rule book, um, whether they be tweaking the rule or or implementing a new rule altogether. Here with Kirchie. Hey, Sorry, Brad. I just wanted to I just wanted to add in for, for fans listening to this. One important clarification, I think, on this rule is roughing and fighting are excluded of reviewing the five-minute major. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. If, if two guys are going to square off and have a go with each other, there's no sense in, you know, slowing the play down and, and going and looking at it. It's a fight. It's a fight. Let's move on and move forward. What about an unwilling combatant or a guy that's trying to protect himself from a guy that really wants to fight? Well, anything that's under um, Rule 80 is exempt from this uh, from this this application. Okay. Now, in all seriousness, now, Todd, uh, going into year what and game number what is this weekend? Uh, this weekend will be uh, the start of season 23 for me, and uh, starting off the year at uh, game 433. 433. As we're here with Todd LeBranch now. The ability to review majors in real time as they happen. I think you might know where I'm going to go with this. Another rule is that they're not going to review obvious goals at the end of the game under two minutes. If it's a clear goal, nobody around the crease, no reason to automatically go in to the box and, and have a look. But along with reviewing majors and challenges... I know there's no real black and white language in the book about how long you guys will spend in there, but give, give me a, like this, there's an emphasis on expediting this process. There certainly is. And and I know this has been a bee in your bonnet for a couple of years now. And, and, you know, in, in the defense of the officiating group, our, our goal is always to just get it right. And we want to make sure and, and take the time and, you know, sometimes we ask for every uh, angle that the, the camera or the uh, replay operator has. And, and then at the, right at the very end, they give us a different angle that gives us a different view, um, which can either confirm or, or deny the challenge. And so, you know, I, yeah, nobody wants to be under there and hearing the crowd get restless and, and uh you know, you, you you feel the clock ticking, but you really want to ensure that you get it right. It could be, you know, week one in a, you know, a, a crucial call could make a difference at the end of the season. So the impetus really from, from you know. You're skirting here, Todd. How, how long are we going to take here when we're reviewing a goal? Well, I, you know, I can't give you a time frame, but at the end of the day, the, the expectation is to make sure you see everything and you're convinced one way or another to, to make the, the proper call um, or come out and say it's inconclusive. Those are the tough ones, the ones that, you know, you're, you're trying to get a determination one way or another, but at the end of the day, it's really uh, coming out inconclusive. So do you, you have, have a hard out? out? Do you have a hard out? Like if you hit the two-minute mark and you can't see it, that's it, inconclusive, move on. We don't have a hard out, but you know, I would suggest to you if it's taking an you know an extensive uh, period of time, 
then you know you're probably going to have to come out and say inconclusive and nobody really wants to do that we want to give a, a definitive answer one way or another but sometimes we just can't how how come the confidence um i guess how come the confidence in looking at the majors so quickly like is that just because you're looking at less less angles like if, if everyone in the league and the referee staff is so confident you can look at a major and up, upgrade it or downgrade it within seconds uh, how come that time frame is different than reviewing a a goal. Well, I think the difference between reviewing a goal is that you have so many different mitigating factors, right? And we talked about the mitigating factors of the the, the major major in a game uh, and match penalties. There's you know a certain criteria that you want to look at. You can see those fairly quickly. You know, I think we're up to eleven different challenge points for any any goal uh, or non-goal. Um, so to make sure you get all of those right. And I had a situation uh, a couple of years ago. It's, you know, one of the one of the greatest games, I think, uh, with, you know, Saskatchewan and Halifax. And um, I went in, reviewed. I thought we were talking about a crease violation and uh, saw no crease violation whatsoever. I was coming out to, to uh, basically end the game. And I was reminded to check the 30 second clock and the 30 second clock was uh, was had had expired two seconds before. And it's not something that was in my brain and it should have been, but it wasn't at that time. And thankfully, I had the support of my crew and they uh, stepped in and reminded me. So there's there's different moving parts and every goal has its different criteria and different challenges. So. Um, whereas the, the, the major, major in the game and match penalties all have this basic same criteria, could different be, plays, but same criteria. Yeah. Like could even have been first to touch and you're not thinking about, so I just gave you one, but can you name all 11 challenge points? <laughs> uh, let's go. Did the ball cross completely cross the line? Did it cross the line before the expiration of the, uh, game clock? Did it, uh, cross the line before the expiration, expiration of the 30? Uh, first to touch, first to receive a pass, in just an, an, an out-and-out crease violation, non-shooter in the crease, uh, batted ball. That's eight. Uh, um, I'm going to have to go back and study. Okay, we got, it, we got it. Goaltender interference, stick head behind the goal line. Yeah, oh, there's a nine, Ted. Yeah, there you go. Um, another rule in place this season, 37.6 for those keeping track at home, coincidental penalties. When a coincidental minor penalty of equal durations are imposed, uh, we're going to play four on four, Hallelujah. which I think is super exciting for lacrosse fans to see some of the best players in the world have a little bit more force floor space to go to work. It's going to be exciting. I think that's why this reason is in it. We've seen it in the NHL where they go to four on four. Um, what happens if a team takes another penalty? It's not four on three, right? It's five on four. Well, it depends on when you're talking that that other penalty occurs. If it's at the same stoppage, yes, then it would be five on four. I'll give you the very simple explanation to the four on four process. It's if there's no current penalties being served by either team and both teams take one minor penalty at the same stoppage and no other penalties are incurred, then we will play four on four. If we already have a penalty in existence, we go to five on four. If uh, if each team uh, takes a double minor, double minor, pardon me, we play five on five. If one team takes a major and a minor, we play five on five. Two players, so the, two players, two minors. Yeah, then then it's five on five. Okay, that's so no three minor. on three. You're telling us that's correct. And no, uh, no. no. Oh, oh, okay. So sorry, I see where you're going. I see. So. 
We we have uh, two players, one player from each team get a minor penalty. We go four, four on four. And 30 seconds later, each team takes one, another single minor. Yeah, or take, even, you know, four players take a minor at the same time, two for each team, either way. Yeah, that would be all, five on five okay. in both scenarios. And, and no no back-to-back penalty shots either, right? We don't get That's the, correct. We don't get yes. that, which would be super cool. I, you know, just the replay, it fascinates me because it, on one hand, like we've seen some buildings that are super fast and they have all the angles and all the cameras. And then we've seen some buildings that are a little bit different and don't, and maybe have some new people in positions that can't get it up as quick as for a lack of a better term to as other people can, you know where I'm going with all that. Do you have like, I don't want you to throw anybody under the bus, but maybe tell us like somewhere the best places as far as getting the replay in a timely fashion and getting all the angles that you want and need. Well, I, I think that, you know, most of the buildings are are getting to the point where they really understand. And we, we take the time pregame to go and talk to the replay operator before every single game. We get either in person, we have a conversation, or um, on the headset, we, we talk up to the booth uh, with regards to the replay uh, technicians. And they're getting pretty good. But, you know, some of the, some of the real good buildings are the ones that, you know, work also NHL games. So you're talking Vancouver, Colorado, Buffalo, um, Long Island. They, they understand it because they do it on, on a, you know, almost on a nightly basis, right? They do it, uh, I guess, 50 times a year at minimum and, and more if they make the playoffs. Yeah, you get so, better at the more you do it. I, I mean, it stands to reason. Well, I like to, I like that theory saying <laughs> that it's game 433. <laughs> Are you getting that? I did some quick math. That's over a game of uh, over a game a week for the season. Like if you were doing eighteen games a season for twenty three years, that's still shy of what you've done. So you've done more than an eighteen game scat every year. So pretty fantastic stuff, Todd. Um, let's lighten it up a little bit. What about who? Who are some of the gentlemen of the sport? Who are the the scholars of the scholars? Who do you appreciate your floor exchanges with the most in the National Lacrosse League? Well, you know what? Some of the, some of the, and, and, and we've talked about this a couple of times and, and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to rehash and, and two guys that have recently retired were some of the best. Uh, Don Evans. Well, best. I want a Sean Evans story for sure. So if you want to tie that in, please do. Sorry, um, the, the retired scholars. Yeah, well, I know I, I would say a couple of the real gentlemen of the game were uh, Dan Dawson and, and Brody Merrill and shout out to them for, for their careers. And, uh, you know, um, they were, you know, sometimes Dan was always very pleasant. Sometimes Brody uh, had a tendency to, to be abrasive, but he certainly had his points and, and would argue them uh, voraciously. And, and so it was always fun to talk to to those guys, but uh, yeah, Sean was, was fun. And uh, you know, there, you could really tell at times when Sean had had enough of, of the game and, you know, and I, I would also from time to time talk to the crew and tell them, Hey, listen, you know, <laughs> Sean's getting a little bit out of We got to make sure, but uh, let's not give him what he wants and, and exit him early because he's going to try everything he can. So Let's just, uh, let's just, if we have to stay, let's make him stay. Come on. He must've said there must've been a, you can, you can tell us here. There must've been a, a couple of exchanges where you're just like, Whoa. the guy runs hot and, and got himself kicked out of a number of games. Like, but uh, maybe a, a fun or a funny story from Shawnee. You got one? Um, Yeah. You know, what? it's, here's the irony is that uh, 
We were back in, in Langley for the Western officials training camp a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about our reporting system. So post game, if there's any sort of incident, um, you know, whether it be a major, major in a game match penalty or any abusive official, we have to submit a report to the league um, just to so that they have a clear understanding if there's any supplementary uh, supplementary discipline. So um, Brian Lemon was there and he asked me to pull one up. And ironically, it was about Sean using very, very uh, colorful language towards me. And and at that point, I did kick him out of the game. So it was a uh, it, it was the example that I used two weeks ago. Todd, how have you, um, you know, it's been preseason for, for everybody, summers and, and camps. And, you know, what have you done to improve your game? What are you wanting to work on heading into this season, your 23rd in the National Lacrosse League? Well, as as we all know, the league's getting younger, and I'm certainly not. And so this is, uh, you know, it's a it's a greater hill every year to make sure that my fitness level is, is where it needs to be to get um, through the number of games that I hope to get through and hope to get assigned to right through uh, – through the playoffs. So fitness is, is always top priority, but, um, you know, focusing on the rule changes, getting into the rule book, watching our focus clips, um, and just, just making sure you're fully immersed. Well, you know, three more sleeps boys and, uh, and it's go time. So, um, you know, the, the, the final preparations are, are down to the wire right now. So, um, you know, fitness and focus are, are my, two key buzzwords that I use um, to get ready for the season. Did you put in for the Montreal game already? You want that one? I, I gave Brian a call and I, and uh, I said, you know, I, I know my last name lends itself to, to <laughs> French, but I can get my, I can get myself prepared. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, l- listen, uh, you know, watching, watching some exhibition action in Langley a, a couple of weeks ago, you know, I was kind of looking around up and down the floor here. You were evaluate, evaluating along with Brian, but there was a lot of new faces out on, on the turf, getting some experience, getting a bit of a tryout. I don't know if you can tell us, like, where is the stable at right now? How many crew chiefs do we have? How many officials do we have? And how many new officials do we have? Well, I think let's start with the new officials first. And, I, and I'm not 100% sure of the exact number. Um, but I, my guess is we're around 15 or 16 brand new officials, which would top our, our, uh, roster over 70. So, uh, and, and within that there's six full-time crew chiefs and we'll obviously have to use a couple of more, uh, people in the crew chief role. Um, as some weekends we'll have eight, nine games in a weekend. So, um, you know, and, and it's and it's kind of uh, back end loaded, so there'll be lots of work at the back end of the season. So guys will have a, an opportunity to to show their abilities and and uh, be ready to go in in weeks fifteen, sixteen, seventeen throughout the balance of the balance of the season. It's going to be a unique season with the unified conference. Um, a lot of rivalries, you know, you're not going to see Calgary and Saskatchewan play each other three times and Calgary and Colorado play each other three times. They're going to be, we're spreading the love a little bit as a referee. Do you think non-rivalry games and maybe teams that don't have a ton of history, like Panther city going to Halifax, do those games tend to have more or less electricity from a, from a feistiness and from a referee standpoint? Well, I think that's a double-edged sword. I think that, you know, certainly the rivalries and the familiarity, uh, you know, breeds contempt. But 
certainly not knowing somebody and and uh, can also create some nervous energy and and some uh, you know some feistiness. So we go into every game just preparing. We make sure that we understand what the rosters look like. We make make sure that uh, we've looked at, at if they've played before and if they haven't. Who the who the players are on each team that uh, you know we call them energy guys that uh, will go out there and create the energy and make sure that uh, you know we're we're creating a level playing field for for everybody involved. Just to spin it back, Todd. Last thing I want to kind of ask you on that, like for the 15, 16 new officials that come in, <clears throat> excuse me, their primary role will be thirty second clock operator. They won't see a ton of floor time, if at all, in their in their first season with the NLL. And is there a number that that Brian is is looking to get to to feel good and comfortable about how many officials he has under the NLL? So to point number one, yes, that's absolutely correct. They will do the primary bulk of of their workload will be as shot clock operators. Um, But you never know what might happen where where duty calls and you know, there's uh, there's a flight delay getting into Vancouver and, and one of the new guys uh, has to be called last minute or somebody comes down sick. So you got to be ready to go at all times. And um, so so when you get your opportunity, you got to seize the moment and run with it and make sure that uh, that your your fitness and your focus are ready to go. As far as a number for Brian, that I don't know. Um, you know, that's we you know. We have a nice little saying that that our leadership group we call them City Hall. Um, so City Hall takes uh, takes care of that and where they want to get to as far as their roster level. Um, I, I honestly I don't know. Okay. Um, it's not something that they would share with me. Uh, Bradley, I think I'm I'm clear. I don't know. Are you good? No, I'm I'm great. This has been great, Todd. Looking forward to seeing you on uh, on Friday night. Uh, hey, See you on floor just, uh, level. So sorry, just a couple of things that I'd, I'd really like to just. Oh yeah, just yeah. Real quick. I meant to ask you that. If there's anything that you think the people need to know, uh, fire away here. Yeah. So um, one of the um, real changes that occurred is Rule 14 with regards to timeout. Uh, teams will not have uh, a timeout in overtime anymore. Love that. And, Love that. And it's the Baptist yeah, rule. I, 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 you, you referenced it with the Trevor Baptiste rule, Brad. Um, but uh, um, one of the things that you know, kind of cropped up afterwards is, is um, teams still have the ability to challenge in overtime and the risk reward of a challenge typically in a game is if, mm. if you're right, right you, yeah. you, you overturn the call. If you're wrong, it costs you your timeout. And if you don't have a timeout, it costs you a delay a game penalty. So um, that uh, kind of came up in discussions during our, one of our conference calls. So the league has made the decision that in overtime, you don't have a timeout. If you challenge and you're wrong, you will not be penalized. So it's no. not. So there's yeah. no risk. There's no risk. So oh, man. it should be a penalty it, shot, Todd. Penalty <laughs> shot. <laughs> that would well, really it, only apply. That really only applies in a play on scenario, though, because once there's a goal, the game's over and you're going to review that goal anyways. So that really only applies in a play on situation. That's correct. And and we're really, uh, the emphasis is really put on us to make sure that we review anything close. So if, a, you know, if, a, if the ball goes off the crossbar or it looks like it was in or it bounced up and, you know, took a funny spin, we're, 
we're strongly encouraged to look at anything. So typically we won't get to a coach's challenge, but if they see something that we didn't or see it differently and they want to challenge, they have the ability so they won't be penalized. Anything else? Yeah, one more. Just okay. one more. Just with regards to, and this is a, this is kind of a, as Brad talked about, cropped up uh, based on, uh, you know, certain scenarios and games, i.e. Uh, Halifax, Philadelphia. So now we've reverted back to the intent to blow the whistle. Ah, yes. The intent. So play will be stopped now when the official feels that their intent was to blow the whistle, not the actual sounding of the whistle. So there's been a couple of instance, incidents over the last couple of years that uh, has created the impetus to to make this rule change. Yeah, it's murky, man. Murky waters right there. Todd, uh, uh, you know. yeah, no, I, I, but you got to do it, right? Because, like, it's just human error. Like, you can't instantaneously blow a whistle when you want it. You got to take the breath. You got to get to the whistle of the mouth and all the rest of it. And as we know in lacrosse, a lot of things can happen in that amount of time. Todd, listen. If the NLL comes out with the top 50 referee list and you're not number one on that list, we know the fix is in, my man. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> well, I appreciate the kind words, and uh, it was great chatting with you. And like I said, three more sleeps. Jake, good luck in Vegas. Thank Brad, you. looking forward to uh, hanging out with you for a few hours uh, down at Rogers Arena. Yeah, we look forward to it, Todd. Appreciate the time. We'll see you on the road this year. All right. Take care, guys. There you go. There he is, NLL Crew Chief. 23 years, over 430 games. Uh, he's the best, Brad. There's no question about it. You know, I was I was sitting beside Brian and, and Todd during during exhibition in, in Langley there, and you know, normally I got to ask Todd. Todd will ask Brian. Brian will give his blessing for Todd to come onto the podcast. So I just leaned over. I said, Brian, like, do we gotta do we gotta go through this song and dance here uh, again this year, or can I just ask you now for your permission to have Todd on? And listen, those those two guys right there dedicate a lot of time and work into making the NLL rule book. I would I believe the best rule book in box lacrosse bar none, like not even close. The competition committee that that really puts in the time to make the game and the league better. No other league is doing this and i and again i we've been on this for so long every box lacrosse league needs to adopt the nll rules and let's get on with things because it's the best and there's no debate about it no 100 agree and i i think it's a unique perspective in, in our sport especially jumbo in the national lacrosse league in in the regard and the esteem of where referees are held like the, the referees sometimes like they're on our side they're on the side of the fans and the league to grow this game, anybody that's involved in lacrosse has almost this weight on their shoulders. I find some time to evangelize this game and take it to the next level and make it better. The referees in the national lacrosse league are a part of that as much as the yes. players, as much as the management, as much as everybody is a uh, lot of respect for everybody in the stripes in the national lacrosse league, especially Todd, who, if you look up regular season career records with his over four, <laughs> he's, the, the National Lacrosse League all-time leader in games played is Dan Dawson. Yeah. 322 games. Todd has over 100 more games under his belt than the leading player of all time. Absolutely phenomenal Straight and legendary. to the Hall of Fame when he hangs it up, Brad. Enough said. Uh, great chat with Todd, as always. But that's only half a podcast. We still have second half action to go. Quarter three is coming up. 
We'll jam some quick sticks in there, and it's time, Bradley. Week one of the National Lacrosse League. The lines are up on Cool Bet, and we're going to lock it in for week number one. Go to the ATM and pull all your money out for this bet right here. It's going to happen, and it's going to happen next when we return to Lacrosse Classified on the other side. Hey, this is Dylan Ward, goaltender for the Colorado Mammoth. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class. Second half action is now a go. Third quarter action brought to you by Rycor Construction. Just for this week, though, because next week I've actually, Tino and I have both been working on this. We're still kind of searching for answers. and need a little stinger for Rycor, which will be the standout player of the week. So uh, more or less replacing the Stallion of the Week. So I'm working on a little sound drop for Rycor, construction-related, as you can imagine, Brad. But uh, it's not really – the vision hasn't really fully formed yet, so it's still a bit of a a work in progress. But quarter three this week brought to you by Rycor Construction, where they make it stand out. And they've been doing it for a long time, whether it be interior or exterior renovations. Uh, They specialize in it all. Fences, decks, kitchens, bathrooms, you name it, they do it, and they make it stand out when they do. Go to RycorConstruction.ca or check them out on Instagram and Facebook at Rycor Construction Inc. Quarter number three, Lax Class Locks, Quick Sticks. Let's do Locks first here, Brad. Week one, NLL. It's time for Lax Class Locks. Lock of the week. Hey, let's lock and load it. I am going to be a very rich dude. Ooh, it's a big luck, all right. There you go. It's brought to you by Cool, nice little stinger there from Tino. Coolbet Canada, coolbet.com. If you have not done this yet, people, classmates, I don't know what, what the holdup is or, or what you are trepidatious about, but go to coolbet.com, sign up for an account. Literally takes like two minutes. The NLL season starts on Friday. Do not waste any more time in doing this. Coolbet.com for you make your first time deposit. Use the bonus code LAXCLASS right there in that little box there, the bonus box. LAXCLASS, one word, and they will match you up to $200. They'll just give you free money. And then all of a sudden, you know, if you deposit $200, you have $400 in your account to begin the NLL season. And, you know, you can either turn that into thousands, millions, who knows, uh, if you do it right. And it'll all begin by uh, hopping on board here with CoolBet and then searching up the lacrosse classified parlay in the little search bar there. And week one is set. And uh, normally I... I I kind of do this. Sometimes I get some insight or some advice or opinion from Tino. Not this week. Brad, I just went solo on this. Tell me what you think. Halifax, a minus 172 on the money line to beat Saskatchewan. Not an easy place to play there in the nest. I know they're a little dinged up to start the year, but that place is going to be rocking. Long trip for Sask, taking Halifax at minus 172. 21 and a half is the total between the Firewolves and Desert Dogs. And I know, you know, you got Dougie there and Kells and, you know, maybe two teams that might be 
lower in the standings this year. That does not mean that these two teams cannot score goals. In 21 and a half, I think this might be the the lowest number you will see this season in the NLL. It's a minus 130. Give me the over because nobody's got time to play the under of 21 and a half between the Dogs and the Wolves. I usually would say never take the over in any game that the Albany Firewolves are involved in. Listen. And that's no disrespect to their offense. That's just how good and stingy sometimes their their D has played. Um, I don't know, man. I'll take the over in that one, too. Like, first game of the season. Half. Come on. That it's, the average game is like 25, right? Yeah. So yeah. so here we go. 21, Philly. yeah, uh, over all day, every day. And then uh, how can I not take this bet right here at a minus 139 I'm so anxious to see this game, Vancouver and Panther City, two teams with high aspirations going into this year. I think it's going to be two very evenly matched teams. But we're getting Vancouver plus one and a half at minus 139. I I think Vancouver can win this game outright, never mind plus one and a half. Add all that up, you're getting a cool bet return of 100 bucks, and that's your week one lax class luck. What do you think? Halifax money line, Vancouver plus one and a half, over 21 and a half between the dogs and the wolves. I th- And this is the thing about betting, right? This is the thing about everything is that depends who how if, what happens with Halifax. Are they going to have Cody Jamison and Randy Stotts in the lineup? Because that's a different lacrosse game to me than if not. We'll see. It's locked in, Brad. That's your lax class lock. Lock it in. (laughs) And now it's time for quick sticks. Quick sticks. Quick sticks are brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Final month with Stampede Tack coming up here, but you know the deal by now. And if you don't, I'm about to tell you. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local, out there in Cloverdale since 1966. And they are the best in the business when it comes to boots. Every type of boot you can imagine, they have it. Kids, women, men's, every style, every color, every size. All the boots at Stampede Tech and Western Wear. Check them out online. Still time to, to get a little Christmas present of boots under the tree, I dare say. Quick Sticks this week, Brad. This will be the final week of Quick Sticks. I know you're never really a fan of Quick Sticks anyway. But no, I love. I don't. Don't. Ha- I, I love quick sticks. I don't know where you're going with that. No, I'm, you I'm told not- me to chop quick sticks one time. You said enough. Uh, of it. It's probably because we had something else to do in the summertime. Right. I, you know what? I don't. Never. I don't like quick sticks because you've had a potential sometimes to. You know, a lot of the time, especially in lacrosse, like a lot of it was negative. Like, I don't want negative quick sticks. I don't want me like, oh, this <laughs> so game was canceled because the ref got punched or the parents jumped on the floor and whipped me. Like, those are the quick sticks I didn't like when we were doing right. that segment. I, hey, I can talk Vancouver you captains can... and Sean Evans retirement. Uh, okay, well, let's all, start all there. Long. Sean Evans after what, Brad? I believe 18 years, was it? 15, 18? A long time for Sean Evans, who will go down as one of the greatest to ever pick up a stick in the National Lacrosse League. There's no denying or, or debating that. The numbers are are proof of it. Uh, championships, accolades, just one of the most fiercest competitors you've ever watched play the sport. And, man, uh, entertaining as, as all hell as well. Uh, what a career for Sean Evans who hangs it up. You know, it... Guys that I call junior games for are starting to retire. And that is a, 
that is a slap in the face for a broadcaster. Um, no, but Evie, like, first time I saw Sean Evans, 2007 Mental Cup, Six Nations in in New Westminster, one of the best junior teams of all time. Cody yep. Jameson, Sid yep. Smith, absolute Point. ridiculous. Greg Point, yeah. But Sean Evans, that year, 2007, as a 21-year-old, he won the Minto, the Man, and then the NLL Championship with the Rochester Nighthawks. Like, the three-peat out of the gate for Sean Evans, who broke into the league that year. He was fighting at the time. He was scoring goals. Then he became one of the best playmakers in the history of the game. Always a crafty, lethal threat whenever the ball was in a stick. And then entertaining is all heck. And yeah, the game could get away from Sean Evans sometimes late if there was if the team wasn't coming back. We saw that the last couple of seasons. And I hope his legacy is not tarnished by the last few years that he had in the league bouncing around a little bit. People need to realize that this was a, an MVP, multiple-time MVP, one of the greatest playmakers of all time, one of the most ferocious players of all time, penalty minutes, all of it. Um, mouthy, chippy, but you wanted him on your team and he was entertaining to watch. And I like, you know, you know, I've always liked the little guys, right? Yeah. I like the guys that are, you can find success in this league at five, eight, five, nine, five, ten. And Sean Evans, um, was ex- the exemplification yeah. of that. A little guy that played well above his weight class, punched well above his weight class and was one of the greatest players of all time. And I salute Sean Evans for, the entertainment that he brought to this league for the last 17 years. Yeah, well said. And and we always say, like, where are the numbers without the penalty minutes? The amount of time that he spent in the penalty box. But then the flip side of that is, I don't think the numbers are there without the penalty minutes. Because if he didn't play that way, then he wouldn't have the points to begin with. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, leadership. We, we mentioned this. Brett Mitski will stay the captain of the Vancouver Warriors, Matt Beers, Keegan Ball, Reed Bowering, and who am I missing? Brian, Brian Dilks. Dilks. Dilksy uh, will be your leadership group in Vancouver. And speaking of leadership, a new captain in SoCal as uh, the Iceman, Wesley Berg, named captain, which leads me to believe uh, Cam Holding might be on the shelf for a while. Yeah, I, I love that for Westberg. Like he and and Holding as well. He they're both guys who who live down there and they're always in market and getting themselves out there. And and Westberg doesn't get the credit that he deserves for what he does on ball, off ball. Um, and he's he's, he's a kind of an electric personality in the room. So I like to see on Westberg. He's a lead by example guy and someone that San Diego can be with. And you know, uh, sometimes you give it you give the captaincy to to a vet who might not be around in a year or two. Yeah. But they know Westberg is going to be there for a long haul. So I like captains that you can take some time with. And then circling back to the Vancouver. You know, I kind of thought to myself in the offseason, Brett Minsky's never paid for Kurt Malowski. There's no history there except for being competitors against each other. And when there was a clip floating around a couple weeks ago about Kurt Malowski saying Beers was his captain in junior, I thought maybe do they put the C back on Matt Beers? But according, I talked to, to Brett Minsky this week and he said it wasn't even a conversation. Like Kurt Malowski talked to him in the summertime and said, you're my captain. Like, let's go. Yeah. And then it was about putting an A on Reed Bowering, I think is very important. Who's a future captain down the road. Keegan Ball hasn't worn a letter for this team yet. And then uh, Dilks and Beers, the the veteran. So I think it's a nice leadership group for Vancouver. Well, essentially you got three captains there. Dilks, Beers, Mitski, all been captains in this league now. And and you're right, Reed Bowering, a four-year captain in, in Coquillam in his junior days. And, and Keegan Ball just leads by example every single day of his life. So uh, I really like that. Speaking of, of credit, 
a few weeks ago, I, I gave apparently way too much credit to Tyson Geick about the the design of the Riptide jerseys and helmets. My boy Nicky May, the equipment guy there in New York, uh, he came at me pretty hard on Twitter. So I gotta I gotta dial that back and, and give Nicholas May all the New York Riptide, Brad, best helmets in the league as far as I've seen so far, and and I'm not sure second place is even close. Yeah, they're pretty splashy. Let's just get some wins going because they we know the Riptide look good. We know they look good on social. We know they look good on the floor. Let's just start winning some lacrosse games and bring that whole package together. Well, I want to just give all the equipment guys around the National Lacrosse League a big shout-out this week because if you don't know like what an equipment guy exactly does, not only on his day-to-day, but this week right here leading in like where the team is set, now it's time to get everybody all their shoes and apparel and equipment and sticks and then do the helmets, make sure all the jerseys are sewn up and the the name boards. And there is uh, just a laundry list of things that all these equipment guys go through on every single team. And this week is absolute hell for them. So I wanted to to give the equipment guys a shout out this week. I remember a year or two ago, uh, Al Varley for the Vancouver Warriors first game of the season, like we're checking out the new buckets and it was the, it was the white buckets with uh, there's like a cityscape, like a Vancouver cityscape on the back. And, you know, we're kind of marveling at the helmets and he's like, Oh yeah, I put all those on by hand. Yeah. Like oh, I know. 20, 25 helmets times two. By hand. Imagine the pressure. Imagine the pressure of like you, you messed that up by a millimeter. You know, my OCD would kick in and say, that's garbage, that's got to be replaced, or you got to unpeel it and just, you know, they don't just like stick those things in a machine and stick, split the sticker out. Those are hand decals on a lot of these buckets that have been applied meticulously they come by out, gal- guys seen, like Hal Farley and his wife. So absolutely incredible stuff. They come out in these like big kind of like construction paper sheets and yeah. there's like a full sheet and it's got like one of everything for each thing and then the next like next helmet they have like a full big sheet and they just peel off and they stick away anyways the pressure on yeah, that i'm uh, sweating just thinking about that no doubt and and one of those equipment guys of course is is teddy cordingly who's been around the bandits for forever and been around lacrosse forever and now he's going to be around team canada as the coaching staff for Team Canada 2024 in Utica, New York, for the 2024 World Indoor Box Lacrosse Champ- World Box Lacrosse Championships, I should say, Brad. Um, what a what a staff they've put together! It's almost it's almost comical how good this coaching staff is. Like it, it, Eddie Eddie Camo running as the GM, Sean Ferris kind of as the administrator around there. And then you got Glenn Clark, the head coach, Kurt Miloski, Pat Coyle as his assistants. And I mentioned Teddy and then uh, Tyler Quinnell as, as the fitness guy. What a staff. How do you compete with that? I don't think you can. You can't. And those guys are there for, it's like a convention. They share ideas. They steal practice drills. Like every one of those guys to a man you know, they'll tell you that they they take that job so they can learn from the other people on the bench. Assistants learn from head coaches and vice versa and general managers, and they will all learn something. And again, like something I've, I've, I've discovered in these coaches and calls podcasts is how much these guys do share ideas and respect for one another. And that's that's why those guys are all there. Yeah, they want to put a gold medal around their neck for Canada, but they also want to become better coaches. And they only do that by 
surrounding themselves with the other greatest minds of the game. Yeah, they learn and then they steal from each other is what they do. A quick PSA to, to the rookies of the National Lacrosse League. Teddy alerted me to a bit of a misconduct by Isaacs over the weekend with his white socks and black shoes. Look, Brad, we know how we feel about this. Don't do it, kids. White shoes, white socks, black shoes, black socks. Unless you're Swaggy B, Josh Byrne, who Ian McKay tipped me off, has been wearing white shoes with black socks, which you just, you don't normally see. Like, that's never really. But it almost made me, like, sit back and, and reconsider and reevaluate my my rationality. Like, if Josh Byrne is doing this, like, maybe <laughs> that is the, the way to go. I don't but let's just let's keep it simple here for for the rookies of the league. Speaking of of rookies and kind of first second year, can we can we settle down teams a little bit with with the thank you post for a guy that has maybe been with your team for one or even two oh, three God, years? Like yeah. I, you know, like I get it if it's eight nine years of dedication and over a hundred games or whatever. But for a guy that's been with your team for one year, like, are we really? Do we and really, got into four games? Like, thank you, post for that. Stop it. Just, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. Like There's a few this week. Yeah. Not going to name names, but no, it's like really, I, uh, you know, they're I, almost more insulting. I think sometimes yeah, than like, than the <laughs> exactly. other and the opposite. We just cut you. Thanks. Thanks. For, <laughs> thanks for everything. Go find a new job. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Okay, thank you, Post. Settle down on the thank you, Post. Moose job, Brad. We we mentioned that what a what a success this looked like. Looked to be, to be a great game and and an unreal crowd. Nice little building up there in the jaw. Fantastic stuff there. And and I want to see the NLL do more of this. Take take teams and exhibition games around the province of their of their team, like Vancouver, British Columbia, somewhere in BC, Saskatchewan, somewhere around that province, like. This is great, and and Moose Jaw looked like a big success. Yeah, and not not only that, but what about the NLL unboxed towns? Yeah. Like, I think that's a potential maybe down the road where we're going to see a game in Montreal this year, regular season game. But you know, maybe we'd see a game in Ottawa and Tampa and Seattle and these other places going forward. But I do think it was brilliant on behalf of um Saskatchewan to capitalize on the prairies they know that people come from all over the prairies to come to that barn so why not take the product to them for a night and let them enjoy it and that barn looked absolutely amazing and you know those people are gonna be driving to, to oh, Saskatoon to check now. out a game for this sure they're 100 yeah the ho- speaking of teams Haudenosaunee women are, are holding an exhibition game December 9th at the ILA and I don't know how much Women's box lacrosse, you've checked out, Brad, but it's it's quite entertaining. And the Haudenosaunee women are, are playing an exhibition game, bit of a fundraiser. Go out and support these these ladies at the ILA on December the 9th. I wanted to make sure I got that in. The last one I got here um, got sent to me by the Buffalo Bandits and Dan Riston, who tipped me off. Um, this, is, this is unbelievable here, that Brandon Robinson of the Bandits is going to donate $1 per goal scored by every team brad every nll team this season to a group called morgan's message and for morgan she was a a college lacrosse player who got injured tragically and then committed suicide and brandon is hoping to get some support and and i'm more than happy to give it to him we kind of 
sat back and, and did the math on this a little bit, Brad, and this will be in American dollars as well. Like this is upwards of like three, four, even $5,000 potentially that Brandon Robinson is going to donate one goal for every single NLL goal scored by every single team this season to Morgan's message to, to support mental health and, and suicide prevention. This is just amazing stuff here from, from Brandon. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And shout out to shout out to Brandon and yeah, over, over four grand. This is something that should be on the front page of NLL.com and stories told throughout broadcast. Super admirable. Take wish for the over in every single game this season, fill the back of the net for this cause, but what a unique way to get, you know, it's not just, not just his goals. Right, it's it's every single goal. Yeah, it's crazy of the year. So absolutely, hats off. And we'll try and get Brandon on to the pod to to talk about it at some point. Have a big game, Brando, and uh, we'll get you on Lax Class uh, at some point this season for sure. All right, we're off to quarter number four. I cannot believe it. It's time for who you got. Hey, this is Steve Priola of Team Canada, the Buffalo Bandits, and Victoria Shamrocks. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class. No more breaks here on the podcast as we are into the fourth and final quarter of action here on Lax Class 263. Thanks for hanging with us. Appreciate everybody giving the podcast a follow on social media at Lax Class on Twitter, at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe and review the podcast wherever you may be listening to your podcast right now. That helps our outreach, that gets more listeners, and that helps everybody involved. So please review and subscribe to the podcast as well. If you want to give Brad Challoner a follow, you can do it at Brad Chow and Coaches Calls at just Coaches Calls, Brad. Is that how they do that? Yeah, at coaches calls or of course with just me at, at Brad Chow or at Brad Challoner on Instagram. Thanks for the thanks for the shout out, bud. There you go. What else do I need to tell you? Who you got is is about to to go live here. And just before we get into it, the prizes are gonna be supplied by Coolbet each and every week. I'm still working on the grand prize. I'm waiting for uh, my buddy back back east to, to get a hold of me. He's failed to do so, but I, I my hopes are high. Uh, then I'm going to have a super cool grand prize for everybody, whoever is, is crowned grand champion. So uh, year number four here, Rob King won in year number one. Don Aldred won in year number two. But Don said he wasn't going to listen to the podcast anymore when I, when I was happy about the fact that Kurt was coming to coach in Vancouver. And apparently I upset Don a little bit that I w- wasn't more uh, empathetic about Kurt leaving Calgary. But now that another Hall of Famer and Josh Sanderson is now the head coach of that team, maybe Don will come back to the podcast. I hope he's he's in who he got. Speaking of, um, just days remaining here to get signed up for who he got. Go to Office Pool Junkies, search up Lacrosse Classified or who you got with two T's. Get signed up. Takes two seconds. You can sign up multiple accounts if you want. Sign up your family members, your co-workers, strangers on the street. I don't care. Just get everybody you possibly can signed up for who you got, and then it's a confidence pool. So if you're new to the pod, I'm going to explain this run one more time before we get into it. You'll see on the drop-down tab beside the game listed, it'll go from 9 down to whatever the case may be. It starts, it's always going to start at nine because there is a few weekends this year where we have nine games in a week. I can't believe it. 
Nine is the game, the, the score that you put beside the game that you are the most confident in predicting. So if it's Saskatchewan and Halifax and you think Saskatchewan is an absolute lock to win this game, they are your most confident pick, that's who you put the nine beside, then eight beside the next, and so on and so forth down the line. Don't forget, tiebreakers, final game of the week. You got to put in a total score. Pick that closest to well, to win the tiebreaker. Also, don't forget, when you when you get your account signed up, you can also have automated picks on there. I think you can do all home teams or all road teams or all random teams. Just in case, you know, you, you miss a Friday and you think, oh, shit, I forgot to make my picks. Office Pool Junkie will do it for you. Just make sure you have that automated picks tab on so you never miss a game, even if you miss a game. And uh, like I said, cool bet providing the prize packs. I'll get the winners uh, each and every week, and we'll get a prize pack sent off to you, and then uh, we'll work our way to a grand champion at the end of the regular season. All right, Brad, are we ready to get into this? It's time once again to play your favorite podcast game. Who you got? I figure uh, since I'm hosting, you're co-hosting here. We're both tied at zero. Uh, I'll host this week, and and if you're ready, let's let's do this thing. You ready? Believe believe I believe I beat you last season, though. Uh, even though I we're not talking slept about that. on. I think I slept on week one or two and we're jumped not in late. Talking about that. And you want to talk about that? Okay, new fresh late. Fresh I, late. I, I honestly considered just like flipping a coin for every single game just to see how <laughs> I do, or maybe just picking the home team every single time this year just to kind of see how it goes, but. Uh, the main thing is we both beat Evan because he's the guy that likes to puff out his chest and walk around like he's he's some kind of. Anyway, so uh, here we go with week one. Cool bets. Who you got? But I don't want to say that because I also failed to mention we got a brand new sponsor on the podcast that I will announce next week that I think will tie. We still got Cool Bet Lax Class Lock, so I think I'm going to name who you got after after our new sponsor, which I will announce next week. For this week, it'll be Cool Bet's who you got, but not next week. All right, Brad, week number one, game number one, Friday, December the 1st, 7 p.m. This all Eastern times here listed on Office Pool Junkie. Saskatchewan, 0-0 zero and zero, at Halifax, 0-0. Zero and zero. Who you got? Oh, baby, what a way to kick it off, Jumbo. Like two teams that never play boring lacrosse games against each other, right? Halifax and Saskatchewan. Again, I mentioned earlier, Cody Jameson, Randy Stotts, not sure. Saskatchewan, they're D. Have you looked at the trend of all those men? Every single one of them gets up the floor in the hurry. The hashtag is push the pace this year. Mm-hmm. I, you know, Shiliano's in net, which is going to help them, their team out a little bit. Their offense looks much different than it has before, but I think this team is too fast and too young for the Halifax Thunderbirds. I'm taking the rush on the road, getting things done to kick off the season right and winning in Halifax. 
And what are you putting beside it? It's my five. It's my five. Okay, so your least confident game this it's week. It's my least confident game, but still, I, don't, I don't know. You're still does taking... that, does that, I, know, I know it matters in the points at the end no, of this time. No, it does. Time, but it I think totally got, does. I think I've got better cases coming up. But I, I just think, I talk about the speed of the Saskatchewan Rush. They've already played the big exhibition game under the lights in Moose Jaw now. The rookies got the jitters out. This roster is ready to run with a goaltender out for vengeance and proving that he can still hang with the best of the best. Right. I like the rush on the road to open things up. Okay, well, I took Halifax in the locks class lock of the week, so it would be pretty stupid of me to not take, to take them in who he you got. So them. I'm putting a five beside it as well. But I just think that home floor advantage in Halifax is is real, man. Just teams do not go in there and win games a whole lot, regardless of who's playing, who's not playing. Give me Halifax here at home to kick off the season. After that, you, Ted Jenner, Chantel Chan, and the TSN crew will be in Vancouver, Rogers Arena for Panther City, Vancouver. This team played, I want to say, three times last year. Panther City went 2-1 and one against Vancouver, if I'm not three mistaken. 3-0. Oh. 3-0. Oh. Oh, Jumbo. Thank you very much. New year here in 2023. Brad, who you got? New year, new coach. Ownership is all in. The veterans are insulating the rookies. They have faith in Aaron Bold. They have faith in in Kevin Crowley working with Keegan Ball. Panther City, I love Panther City. I'm a big fan of the Panther City Lacrosse Club. Dave Mude's been banged up a little bit, so we don't know what kind of shape he's going to be in. They've got the rookies shared in the knocks that I think are going to have fantastic seasons, but I don't think it starts on week one. I think it takes some time to get those big men going. And Vancouver's just got too much on the line this year with this new era. They're going to have their bumps along the road, but I think they open things up on the right foot in Rogers Arena on Friday night. Your confidence number? Six. It's my nine game, Brad. It's my nine game, and I'm all in on the Vancouver Warriors in week number one. That's it. I I just think for all the reasons you just mentioned, super important for them to get off on the right foot here and have that team believing out of the gate. At home, team they know well, give me the Warriors for a nine. Also on that Friday night, taking place at the exact same time, I have that Vancouver game PVR'd, so no spoilers that night, Brad. Uh, Albany goes into Las Vegas to take on the Desert Dogs. Firewalls, dogs, who you got? I, I'm questioning changing my my pick weights on this one. This is my eight, but it probably should be my five game, this is probably as close to the coin flip mm. as you get. Two teams that were at the bottom of things last year. Both teams that have brought in some new some new rookies, some high draft picks to spice things up a little bit. But I'm going to lean Albany. I think they've just got a little bit more wow. of their core. That leadership group, having Nardella back, having a better goaltending, in my opinion, than Las Vegas does. I'm going to take the Fire Wolves to beat the Desert Dogs on the first game of the season in Vegas. I'm going dogs. I'm taking them for a six here, and I think it's going to be a one-goal game either way. I think either team could honestly win this game. But, uh, hey, working with Vegas, down in Vegas, and I want the good vibes going into this one. So I'm taking Las Vegas, taking it for a six. I just noticed this on the website. Back by demand, it says, we've resurrected a page we used to call Pick Distribution as Pick Insights. This is cool, Brad. Listen to this. See how successful you are picking each team overall when picking with them and when picking against. 
for Pick'em, Confidence, and Margin formats. An improvement from its predecessor, the insights are viewable in several splits, overall home, away, plus favorite and underdogs. You'll find this pool page under Pool Menu, then Pool Stats, Pick Insights. Use this to your advantage as the season progresses. This is essentially like them collecting data on your picks so you can see how successful and what the trends are. Uh, cool feature there on Office Pool Junkies. Take advantage of that. All right. Love that. Yeah, absolutely. Saturday, two games on Saturday to round out week number one. We're almost done here, Brad. Roughnecks, new coaching staff, but same team. Going into Rochester, who made the playoffs last year. Remember, they got out to that hot start, then they stumbled, and then kind of limped into the playoffs, lost in the first round. Rochester at home against Calgary. Who you got? So I'm going to play a little history card here. You know what Calgary's record is in Rochester? I'm going to say not good. 0-2 against New Rochester. 3-7 and all time in that barn. It's a tough road trip. Hell. For the Calgary Roughnecks, who are always a good team. It's a tough road trip for anybody to go in there from the West. That it might be an advantage for Rochester this year. Like travel, nine different teams have to go in there, right? Yeah, yeah. There might be a couple that go in there once or twice. But, from the West Coast, you know, it's hell. It's brutal. But the these Eastern teams now are going to get a feel of what it's like to travel a little bit more. Like yeah. Toronto's got more flights than ever. It's still not many, but it's still more flights than ever. Yeah. Um, but it, it you know, a lot of these places are tough road trips, and there's gonna be more teams going into Rochester from you know, I don't I don't know if Panther City's going there, but that's a place like Panther City or Colorado now have to get to Rochester. And it's been a stumbling block for Calgary, it's been a stumbling block for Vancouver over the years. I think it's a bit of an advantage for the Rochester Nighthawks, and I know Calgary's got one of the best rosters on paper, but it's a tough place to go into with a new head coach. Um, going into Rochester, that's you know got a pretty strong group returning from last year. Has McConvey coming in, has a lot of confidence. I'm taking the Rochester Nighthawks at home, Jumbo. Oh man, I had Calgary picked here, Brad, but now after listening to you, you've almost convinced me to change my pick. Almost, I said, Challenger. I'm sticking with the rough three and seven, here. Jumbo. Stick three in, and seven. The, they're gonna buck the trend. To kick off the season here, no shooters going to have those boys ready to go. No no doubt about that. Del Bianco, he plays good anywhere he goes. Give me Calgary, and I'm taking him for an eight here. This is my eight game. Yeah, yeah. it was my seven. I don't know if I mentioned that, but no, that was my seven. You're not changing my mind. Uh, last game on the docket, Philly at New York. New look Riptide, new look Philly. Who you got? I got Philly in a high-scoring lacrosse game. And I tweeted earlier this this week. I I see potentially five thirty goal scorers on Philly. Who? Yeah, they had four last year. They had four last year, and they had Katoni now. Ben McIntosh, Joe Resiteritz, mm-hmm. Blaze Reardon, mm-hmm. Mitch Jones, and um, Holden Katoni. Okay, we'll see. It's only been done twice in history: the twenty twenty two Bandits and the two thousand and two Albany Attack with Josh Sanderson uh, a part of that team. Yeah. But I think Philly, this is a group that you have to go through some tough times to get to the promised land. Look at Buffalo losing in the finals, Colorado getting over the Calgary hurdle. Like you have to go through dark times. Philly core has now gone through those dark times. And now they've got McComb drawing up this offense with potentially 530 goal scorers. Zach Higgins, who 
there was any question about what he could do, scroll back to this summer in New Westminster, and he was absolutely elite. I think the D is still probably the weakest hole for the Philadelphia Wings, but they've gotten younger and faster. And I think New York is still going to be unproven. Yes, they've made some good adjustments. Hearing a lot of good things about Dunkerley. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see Kyle Matisse being a strictly big-bodied O-right guy. Mm -hmm. Yes, please. But I don't think it'll be enough for Philly in week one. All right. Uh, We got four out of five picks different here. So either I feel like I could either go five for five this week or I could easily go 0 for five. Like, I really don't know. But I'm taking the riptide here. Ride the tide, baby. Helmets alone. Put them over the top. In the Jeff skin. Teat and helmets. Yeah. That's all you need. Jeff Teat, Geik, and helmets. Uh, give me <laughs> trifecta. the Riptide here for the numeral seven. Wow. Seven here for the Riptide. They need Who it. scores more points this year, Jeff Teat or Mitch Jones? Man. Well, Mitch Jones is a sponsor of the podcast here, right? I really feel <laughs> like that's an unfair Careful. question. Hey, so I'll say Mitch not- Jones. I I'm with you. That's why I asked. That's why I asked the question. I think Jonesy's primed for an MVP type season. Yeah. Not that Jeff Jeff T will be every year for <laughs> yeah, his entire career. Yeah. But you know maybe he's got it. He's gonna have he's gonna have more horses working for him this year. Yeah. So maybe maybe there's a few more goals spread coming from the Rays this bit. year. That yeah. yeah, spread the love a little bit. And Jonesy's got you know five other guys to spread the love to this year. So I think boatload of assists for Mitch Jones. Tiebreaker right in that little box down there. And then don't forget to hit save and apply. Uh, get your picks in. Tell your friends. You only got a matter of days here to get signed up. And and even if you don't get signed up in time for week one, like you may stumble across this podcast in a month from now, you can win weekly prizes. So you may not win the overall grand prize if you don't get after it from the get-go, but you can still win weekly prizes and, and have some fun. So join up anytime, Office Pool Junkies. Search up Lacrosse Classified or who you got with two T's, two T's and Elliot, two T's and got. And that's going to do it, Bradley. Uh, excellent job, as always. Uh, it was just like riding a bike, man. That was fun, buddy. Appreciate this. And I just want to say I'm so stoked that you you and I are both heading in different directions to call games this weekend. I'm super excited to hear you down. Well, I'd in, rather be heading in the same in direction as you, but uh, regardless of that, yes. I'm but just... it's been a lot, you know, it's, it's been a long time since you, we both got to call games on, on the same weekend. Yeah. So I'm super stoked to get to watch you on, uh, on Saturday night down there with AJ, who I got to meet in, in San Diego this year. And he's a great dude. I hope you two pick up some instant, instant chemistry and have a great game down there. Thanks for having me back on. Hopefully, uh, Tino's doing well yeah, and get the, the family's doing well and we'll, we'll see you soon, man. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. Get the caulking around those new windows, Tino. Uh, we'll be back next week. Every week, Lax Class 250, no, 264 is next. I want to thank Todd LeBranche for coming by the show today. I want to thank our fabulous sponsors one more time and Associated Labels and Packaging, Stampede Tack, Coolback Canada, Rycor Construction, and Mitch Jones Realty. And like I mentioned, a brand new sponsor to announce next week as well. But for now, this episode is over. Thanks for listening, classmates. For Brad Chellner, I've been Jake Elliott for the fastest game on two feet. And for the greater, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.